New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the BMW Championship. As usual, we are sponsored by Draft.com. Join Draft right now using promo code DGen and get a free $3 ticket for attorney of your choice after you make a minimum deposit of $10. If you crush your season-long NFL league with a snake draft, this site is for you. The NFL season is fast approaching they got some huge tournaments on Draft.com. There is no risk. Go ahead, make that $10 deposit, get that free $3 ticket. If you don't like it after using that ticket, just go ahead, withdraw your money. Absolutely no risk, but I know you're going to love it. It's a great site. Join Draft.com right now using promo code DGEN. As usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing good, Kenny. It was a, a fun week. It was could have been, could have been a big week. Was a great week still, but it was kind of like uh, my boy HV3 with the the T3 and the big 555 on DraftKings. So had some fun over there. Had a huge sweat on Sunday. Was you know right down to the wire, and then the romplosion happened on the back nine. And your boy Patrick Reed gets it done. The I believe you had him in in bets last week, and I know that you've been talking about him for a long time. And you know he's been back and forth between irons and approach and no putter and putter with no irons and approach and put it all together and got the job done what a close by him on Sunday yeah I just felt like you know it was it was his time to win after his improvement that he's seen uh Arita's seen after a hiring Ledbetter as after his wife uh hired Ledbetter as as his swing coach you saw uh, a pretty dramatic increase in his ball striking. I mean, he's been striking the ball a lot better. There, of course, there's been off weeks, but overall, since about the Masters, he's been hitting the ball pretty well from tee to green. And then you sort of seen this thing, especially with the motivation now uh, that he had to have trying to make that President's Cup team, which I think it's going to be very – I don't know what Tiger's going to do, you know, when it comes to that yet because there were so many issues with him. He might still need to finish in the top eight to be to – be, Sure. Yeah. I mean, of course, he, he, he needs he, to that's be. the that's the thing. He's got to still. He didn't even get in. He's still right on the cusp. So we, we, yeah, we'll talk about him. But he he can get in by winning this week. Yeah, if he wins this week, he's in. If he wins this week, he'll probably finish in eighth place, and he's in automatically on the automatic berth. And we've seen throughout these FedEx Cup playoffs in the past, people can get hot. Oh, yeah. There's been multiple winners. We saw Bryson do it last year. Camilo Vegas did it you know, 10, 15 years ago. I think VJ's done it before. Horschel has had hot streaks. Ryan Moore has had hot streaks uh, when it comes to this. And these aren't like, you know, 
elite, top-notch, top-10 golfers in the world for most of these guys. Uh, so, you know, you could definitely see that type of run happen when it comes into these FedEx Cup playoffs, and I believe it's going to happen. Uh, you know, I have a lot of guys that did well last week. I'm going to jump back on because that that, that sort of run that um, – uh, what's the word? You know, like just playing well at the right time peaking at the right time that happens a lot during these FedEx Cup playoffs and it's a big big thing uh so I'll be definitely on a lot of these guys that finished well last week even Rom uh who sort of blew up uh you know it's it, it definitely hurt that with those two bogeys losing the lead he's done that before if you remember the players championship he was in the final group uh and then ended up blowing that lead big time finishing 11th but you look at his next start he finished 7th uh, you know it, it didn't really affect him too much and that's what I'm hoping again with Rom but other golfers you saw DJ the 36 hole lead and then just basically implode over the weekend spieth picking up his game doing the things right rory uh having a good week all the top dogs in there are in there so this is going to be a great fedex cup uh, championship it was a great tournament last week uh for me it was good i had 150 percent um you know no a 33 percent return on investment uh cash game cornerstones went four for four um, went six for six in my cash lineup, had a read, um, you know, as one of my bets. So it was a solid week, probably not as good as you. Let's, you know, I mean, I know you had a great week. I know you went over a little bit, but like Tambo's close, guys. It's going to happen for you here soon. I can feel it. Um, lots of drama this week. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it felt like uh, uh, an episode of like, uh, you know, like Hard Knocks or something like that. Imagine if the Hard Knocks, the, the PGA version. Like, first off, it would be short as hell. It'd be like three minutes. But, like, it, I'd probably still end up watching it. Uh, I mean, you just think about it for a second. Like, think of the music in the background with uh, the NFL theme song. I'll go ahead and play it for you guys here on my phone. Just think about this. After an epic battle on the frozen tundra of East Lake Golf Course, a new champion was crowned. For the rest in the field, they go back to try and work out their preseason kinks to get ready for the new season. First, we see Ricky Fowler on a beach drinking a Michelob Ultra, then a magical elixir that has helped his fellow compatriots get up a, 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 an advantage uh, in the game. You see him going home, practicing, getting ready for his money match, uh, money game against other people uh, in the tour, practice partners. So he goes out with Matt Kuchar, Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas to play in this money game, an important integral part of preseason and regular season golf. And it's also a great time to practice the art of golf shit talking. Let's hear Ricky right now talking shit. Hey, Coocher, you cheap ass motherfucker. I hate you. You're a fucking villain. I bet you you don't miss this putt. Well, golly gee, Ricky, I bet you I do. Let's put some money on it. All right. Ricky's like, all right, I'll pay for all the caddies tips if you make this putt. Now Kuchar goes down, squints down over the putt, concentration on his eyes. This $5 that he's about to lose, he doesn't want to lose. It's the most important thing in his life. He goes, hits the putt, and it goes in. Golly gee, Ricky, looks like you're paying the caddy's tip. Everyone, on the, No one on the course is happier than the caddy as he puts his stick back into the hole and a, and a tear of joy flies down the right side of his the right side of his eye. I'm just making bullshit up, but just imagine, <laughs> like, if they had that type of thing going on for golf. Now, if it was Bryson DeChambeau, you know, it would probably be the longest episode of Hard Knocks <sighs> there ever was because, let's face it, the guy is taking forever. And that's the big thing about this this past week. Bryson's taking a big, big beating when it comes to this type of um, of the slow play. And it's deserved, but it's not necessarily completely his fault. Uh, you, if you think about it, the tour doesn't do anything to do it to, to make these guys play any quicker. Like there's the, the rules are there, but they don't imply them. They don't they don't use the rules. So what's the point? I mean, it's not Bryson's fault that he's playing this. It is his fault, but I mean, it's not all his fault playing this slow. The tour needs to go step up, start doing these penalties, start doing these warnings, and make it a real part of the game. Because if not, this is never going to change. What do you think about slow play? What, wow, it might be the first time all season we agree on something when it comes to a debate because it's what you just said. I mean, the the vi the video, the viral video, shout out EPAT. You know, he got his video out there. Everyone saw it. It literally made headlines in certain places. And at the end of the day, Bryson became the villain because of that. I mean, there's Cantley, there's Kevin Na, there's the inf infamous JB Holmes. There's all these guys that we know play so fucking. You know, Spieth took 30 minutes on a hole at the open and then took it away from golly G in that tournament after getting his ruling and doing all that. Like it, that's a different scenario. I'm just saying there's all kinds of instances where this, this stuff happens. There's 
videos with no context. We don't know, you know, there's a little bit like obviously the putt video where guys were with JT and Fleetwood, that's fine. But that's one instance. If the tour is not going to step in and do something, they're going to take as long as they want. It doesn't matter. So they, you know, it's like you have to give them a penalty for it or fine them or strokes or whatever you want to be. But if you're not going to do anything, they're going to do whatever they want. And Bryson just became the poster boy of it for this week. And that's the way it goes, right? He was obviously sad and disheartened over it. He had some comments to say. There was a video that went around today where he was talking, you know, back and forth about why he felt that way and how it was a personal attack and, you know, how he's trying to entertain and put things on for everybody at home and the and for the media. But everyone needs a story and a headline to grab onto. Honestly, me personally, I don't care. Uh, I care about slow play at my local course where it actually holds me up. With the way, you know, we barely get to see enough golf shots as it is. I don't really get to see if I'm at the tournament. I'm looking for a beer if it's taking a long time or a vodka. I'm not worried about the slow play. So to me, it honestly doesn't bother me at all. Someone said to me, you know, one thing I will chime in. Someone said, well, so-and-so is going to be paired with this guy. That could affect him on your DFS rosters. And I said, man, if I got to worry about that, if I got to worry about Morikawa being paired with JB, and that's the reason Morikawa didn't show up, he is certainly, if he doesn't have the mental fortitude to get a text in the morning that says he's paired with JB and to go out and play well, then he certainly doesn't have the mental fortitude on Sunday down the stretch to be a boss like Patrick Reed and close it out with no mistakes. So I can't be worried about it in any way, shape, or form. It honestly doesn't bother me at all. I know that might not be the popular opinion, Kenny, but that for me is the big deal. It doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. I don't care. I mean, the big thing, I think the one thing that's been useful is the other golfers talking about it. Um, you know, that has basically pushed the PGA Tour's hand into trying making a solution to this. I mean, uh, kudos to Brooks, kudos to uh, Roy talking about this, two of the biggest players in the game. When they're talking about this, the PGA Tour has to listen. They have to make moves, and that's sort of what happened this week. Um, and now you see, you know, Kepka and Rory – or uh, Kepka and uh, Bryson getting into it a little bit. You know, that would be a fight that I would love to watch. Everyone yeah, me gives too. Kepka, everyone gives Kepka the edge because he's the bigger guy. But I feel like – Bryson would fight like uh, I would say this on Twitter. He'd fight like Sherlock Holmes, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, or like it's all science. And he's like, you know, like seeing the 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 the, the altitude projectile of the fist coming towards his face and how he can block it and stuff like that. I think it would be a great fight. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that the, the slow slow plays an issue, but it's not going to change unless the PGA Tour changes it. That's going to be the big thing about it. PGA Tour is the ones at fault, not the golfers. Not 100% on the golfers. Yes, it is some of the golfers' fault. But the PGA Tour not making the rule, uh, not enforcing the rule, that's the major issue of the point. Other things that happened this week, you saw Tiger. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I thought, luckily, like we, I was big on Tiger last week, uh, but when I heard the info about him with his back issues on Wednesday, barely even playing the Pro-Am, I luckily I took out all of my Tiger shares. Hopefully you did too when you heard that because anytime you hear that type of rumbling when it comes to Tiger Woods, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem. Uh, so, and hopefully it doesn't be a problem for every single tournament he plays uh, because that's going to be sad. We don't even know if Tiger's going to play this week after what happened. So we have that going on. Um, you know, it, it was a pretty incredible week, a lot of different stories. And it's great. The best thing about it is this is the main thing that, you know, I'm talking about because there's no football. It's just preseason. I don't give a fuck about preseason. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, the timing of it, shortening, making the schedule and by football season, it's a great idea. It's been working lots of, lots of press, lots of eyes on golf. It's a good thing. Uh, anything we got to say about last week's tournament before we move on? No, I'm good, man. We, we beat it to death. I think with the slow play stuff, everyone's been talking about it. Like I said, I'm, I'm good to speed it up and just move on. All right. So let's talk about our listener league from last week and Mr. Polsky, a fantasy golf insider, uh, avatar. I love those guys over there. Um, they, uh, it's a great site. Mr. Polsky, he took first place with 536.5 points. Uh, he had Webb Simpson at 21.5% owned, finished in 18th. Patrick Cantley at 33% owned, who finished in 12th. Billy Horschel, 20.5% owned, finished in 21st. Roy Sabatini, 10.5% owned, finished in 70, uh, finished in 43rd. Patrick Reed, the winner. 20% owned. Pretty solid job there, DJs. Of course, he won. And then Sung JM, who uh, was 9% owned, finished in 38th. What do you think of the lineup there? It's a lot of chalk here. A lot of over 20% guys in this lineup. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think that was sort of the the way a lot of people were going. I know same with, you know, my lineup did have Rom in it that ended up doing well, but I think it it's still because of the the structure of last week and we'll talk about it this week as well. I think people like to build those sort of chalkier, more balanced builds, but it's if it's the best line, it's the best lineup and, and at the end of the day it really was put together well. Like it still did well in the tournament. It had a lot of the guys that we liked. The Sabatini and the M are sort of the guys that differentiate them. And Mr. Polsky is a sharp dude. You know, we'll get to see him this week in the three men. I'm excited for that. You'll go up against him, see what that's going to look like. And, you know, th- it's going to be similar this week when we talk about the lineup. It's, it's going to be a couple changes here and there, but it's a no-cut event. So strategy will change a bit, and we're going to go through that. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, the three-man last week is actually – pretty good battle i mean everyone had a, a, a lot of good scores last week i think i took it down with 507 but uh hp h boss had 488 you had 463 it was pretty high scoring it was battle it came down to the end so it was pretty solid all right so before we move on to this week's event let's talk about gupscorner.com use promo code dgen10 when you subscribe to uh, gupscorner.com get yourself 10 percent off uh, a subscription either for the the monthly or the year long. Now, here's the thing. Golf season is about to end, but football season, well, actually, golf season is not really ending. There's only, there's a week break, and golf season starts over once again, and then football season is coming. These guys are just as good at football than they are at golf. So many solid people on this site. We got Tambo. We got Gups. We got, you know, I go ahead and do some work, uh, do some stuff on the Slack forum, put a little bit of info on that Slack chat, which is an unbelievable Slack chat, a great way to communicate with other people with uh, who want to talk about fantasy golf, with, uh, you know, DraftKings golf, you know, whatever fantasy golf you play. It's a lot of people on that site. You can get your ideas passed around, come up with new ideas. Great, great Slack chat. They got the ownership projections. They got GUPS rankings. They got um, the uh, lineup generator. They got GUPS bets. I mean, uh, uh, Tambo's article every week. It's a great site. Plus, football season's coming up, and these guys are just as sharp at NFL as they are at golf. So use promo code DGEN10. Get yourself 10% off a subscription for their site. So let's move on to this week. The PGA Tour heads to Medina, Illinois for the BMW Championship. The second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs consists of just 70 golfers with no cut. The goal is to finish this event in the FedEx Cup rankings top 30 to move on to the Tour Championship next week. Medina has hosted numerous PGA events, but the only important one to look at, in my opinion, is the 2006 PGA Championship. Prior to the 06 PGA Championship, the course was redone, and in the last big event they played here, the 2012 Ryder Cup, the course played as short as 7,300 yards, and the rough was only about 1.5 inches. We won't be seeing anything close to that setup this year. Even the 06 results uh, are sort of iffy because golf is now a different game compared to just 13 years ago. Golfers hit it longer and straighter off the tee now, and there are many more aggressive golfers on tour. Most golfers hit less than driver off the tee on the long par fours back then. And while most in the field will continue that trend this week, there will be more aggressive golfers that take the big stick out more than what we've seen at this course in the past, if the conditions are right. And I'll go into that a little bit more here later. Medina Country Club is a 7,614-yard par 72. Two of the par fives are reachable by most, and the other two are over 600 yards. Only the longest of hitters will reach into and most will play these long par fives as a three-shot hole. The par threes are lengthy and range between 192 and 245 yards. Of the 10 par fours on the course, two range from 400 to 435 yards, six from 440 to 500 yards. There's one that's over 500 yards and one drivable par four on the back nine at 331 yards. Now, off the tee, golfers will see average-sized fairways surrounded by large fairway bunkers, thick four-inch rough, and many trees. There are a lot of dog legs on this course, with many holes going from right to left. Uh, like I said earlier, most golfers will use less than driver on the long par fours and some of the short oh, and some of the three-shot par fives. But there will be some hit more drivers than others. The risk is high for these golfers. If they miss the fairway, their bogey or worse probability will shoot up more than most other uh, tournaments when they hit in the rough because of all the obstacles around the fairway and the thick four-inch rough. Now, now, 
Now, if these aggressive drivers uh, of the golf ball hit with their big dog, they'll have easier birdie opportunities than others since they will be hitting their approaches with a short iron. Uh, I think the big thing on whether golfers that driver off the team more than usual here is going to be the weather, the conditions. Uh, if the fairways are soft, I think we see more driver and strokes gain off the tee stats gain more importance. If the fairways are dry with plenty of rollout, we'll see what we've seen in Medina in the past with most everyone hitting less than driver off the tee. Now, unlike most of the courses we've seen the last month or so, Medina has been fairly dry the last month or so, the last month. There is rain in the forecast the next few days leading up to to the event, but since the course isn't already saturated, it should dry out fairly quickly. Now, of course, I'm just taking an educated guess here when I say this, so make sure to watch Golf Channel and listen to any news about how the rain has affected the course, because once again, I think if the course is playing soft, we'll see more drivers. If it's playing firm, we'll continue to see what we've seen at Medina in the past, where it's less than driver on the longer holes. Now, on approach shots, Golfers will see average size greens with a good amount of slope and undulation. Some of the holes are elevated with runoff areas, bunkers, and some water surrounding them. The grass is bent grass, which is a touch of POA, and the stimp should be around 12 to 12.5. Tambo, what golfers are you, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, I, I mean, it's so hard to factor in 06, 99, like those type, even, even 12 at the, the Ryder Cup, you know, the miracle at Medina. The, like this stuff is important to look at because it gives us sort of an insight. But it's so far now, like 2006 doesn't sound like it's that far. It's really far away. So um, I, I think the biggest thing is you said, like the rough's going to be up. At the end of the day, I am just taking a, you know, maybe a gut feel or I guess what everybody's going to know. But for me, it's if it, it sounds like they're getting rain tonight and tomorrow. It feels like Thursday is going to be the day where it's a little bit wet and we can see what these guys can do. But I still think because of the way it is, the, the length on the course is really due to the fact the long par fives and threes. The par fours have the dog legs, and we'll talk about Reed later on because of those. But, you know, it's going to be still uh, you put your ball where you want it to set yourself up. So they can't just go bombing it all day long if it's going to be that way. And if it does dry out, then it brings a lot more guys into play, which I expect to happen, like you mentioned. So I'm looking at still ball strikers. I'm looking at fairways. I'm looking at approach, greens and regulation. Uh, scrambling for when they miss because the, the greens are only average size or a bit below. So still still want that. And then obviously guys that can show up with a putter on these bent grass greens, some of them disappointed last week that I'll go back to and we'll talk about them. But for me, the scrambling has been important here in the past and I still think it will be because it's, you know, the different approach shots that you have. That if you don't set yourself up perfectly, you are going to be off those greens and you're going to need to be able to get it close to make a putt and move on to the next hole. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think ball striking approach is going to be uh, probably the most important stat. I'll also be looking at proximity from 175 to 200 yards and 200 yards plus. I think the majority of all approaches will be from that range, especially if you see the course, uh, you know, with most people playing less than driver off the tee. We'll see. I think it, the way the course is looking and way what I've heard, it looks like it's going to be a bit drier. It looks like it's going to be rolling out a little bit more, except maybe Thursday, like Tambo said. So we'll see how it goes off the tee. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, in a, in a no-cut event, that's the interesting part of knowing this weather or sort of getting that gut feel. I'm calling it a gut feel. I'm just saying the fact that we know that that's sort of what the weather is going to be and we know that the ability to dry out here that has the ability to dry out here. My thought is that if you know that, and we know we've got four rounds, unless somebody withdraws, you're saying essentially that 75% of the rounds are likely to be in that situation. So I've got to focus on the the whole week and not just what's going to happen on Thursday morning, because where I would target a wave or something because of that, it would, it would be in a full field 156 man event with a cut where I believe that the morning on Thursday would get an edge and bombers. I, I could double down on that here no such thing so i got to think about the whole week and the and the tournament as a whole and that's why i'm saying that yeah i, I agree 100 i mean yeah you just got to look at the whole aspect of it not just one day at a time because it is going to be four days of golf for every golfer in the field all right so let's move on to the tiers this week this week from ten thousand up we got justin thomas all the way up to brooks kepka who are you going with this week there tambo Depends on the tournament is what I will say off the top, just so you know it's sort of out there. But the big $8 mini main event, I'm going to get a little bit crazier in. Like I can tell you this right now, what it looks like early on, the chalk's going to be Rory, Rom, uh, and JT, and then probably Rose and Kepka, and then DJ. And no one wants DJ because his driver was left and right. We all just saw it on the screen. He literally turned into speed. He had a great Thursday, Friday, 67, 63, and then completely disappeared with like a 74 and a 73. So 
Uh, he was messing with his driver. I saw Jonathan Wall's articles that showed that he did switch out his driver. That was sort of the you know early victory lap on Friday after the 63 or whatever, saying, oh, sometimes you change things up, it all works out, and then boom, he sucked on the weekend, is what it is. But in the in the $8, you got to get a little bit different sort of everywhere in such a big field, almost like the Millie Maker. So I still like guys like Kepka and DJ, uh, mainly for the fact that obviously Kepka can tear up any course and it's a no cut. So while I always dog Kepka for being this price and being up there, the, the spot like at the U.S. Open where I have trouble is because everybody from 6 to 7K in that tournament that would you have to sort of have with him to sort of make a decent lineup. Let's just use even one or two guys from down there to make the balance. They're all like amateurs and qualifiers. But in a no cut event, we've got a lot of guys that we're going to talk to down there and not saying we're going to love them all. But they're all top 70 FedEx Cup golfers, a lot of them tops whatever in the world, whether in decent shape, decent form, whatever it might be, and we'll get to them. But that can make these lineups work. So I, I like McElroy and Rom in the big stuff, like something like the 888 main, where I'm going to you know start with someone I feel very confident in, but I got no problem reaching out to like a Kepka or a DJ in the $8 and making sure I'm well overweight on them versus the field, because I think they can turn it around, and I don't think we're just going to have where all the chalk hits I'll differentiate different in the 888, but it's hard to talk bad about any of them. I guess the biggest question marks are on Rose, if he can continue, and Thomas. I I definitely like Thomas uh, this week, and I will start some lineups with Thomas. But at the top, my favorites are the chalk, Rory, Rom, JT. In the small stuff, I'll play DJ and Kepka. I don't know about Rose yet. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, healthcare, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. But you. I like Rose a lot. I'll be playing. I'm going to play Rose and Thomas, no doubt. I'm going to play these two guys on the bottom part of this tier. I mean, if you look at Rose, I know a lot of people worry about that he's been doing a lot of his damage with his putter. I mean, that's what a lot of people have been talking about. Can he really hold on to this type of streak that he's had with the flat stick? But if you look at what he's done with his putter in the last, I guess, eight events with um, strokes gained stats, I mean, what, six or seven of the eight times he's been over two strokes gained in strokes gained putting four of the eight times he's been over four strokes gained uh putting so it's not like this is a new thing for him now hopefully his um his ball striking gets a little bit better but one thing that's on that's good for him is he actually is the most draft king points on courses over 7,400 yards in the last 50 rounds in this field. So he's been doing really well, uh, you know, from longer courses, uh, at least recently within the last, I'd say, couple years. Uh, So that's something to look at. And he also, once again, the majority of all his wins have come on bent grass greens, so he's comfortable on bent. Uh, and so, that you know, I, I, I want to keep going with Rose, even though a lot of his work has been done with the putter. It's not going to stop me. Uh, Justin Thomas has basically been the exact opposite. Uh, you know, he's been exceptional uh, with his irons, like ridiculous with his irons here lately, gaining 6.1 strokes at the Travelers, 4.5 at the Open, 5.2 at uh, St. Jude, and 6.1 strokes with his approaches last week at the Northern Trust. If you could just get that damn putter to work a little bit, and you know this is like the strokes game motivation factor that you have there, uh, Tambo. He wants a win. He's won every year for the last, what, two, three years, three, you know, something like that. It's been a pretty good streak, and he hasn't won this year. He wants to keep it going. So uh, I do like Justin Thomas. I think I'm not doing cash game cornerstones again uh, this week because it is a non-cut event. Uh, but if I was, I'd probably start with Justin Thomas. Now, when it comes to my final play, uh, I have not decided. I'm either going to play uh, Kepka, Rory, or Rom. Uh, one of those three guys. Like I said, Rom, uh, you worry about uh, his you know his blow up last week, but recently, whenever he's had that happen uh, in the final round, he's come back to the following event and has played well. It really hasn't affected him too much. Uh, but Rory is right in there too because with his prowess off the tee and his you know pretty solid long irons and good on long uh, par fours, so probably not kept. I'm probably going to go Rory or Rom 
with one of my final two picks. I have not decided, but Rose and Thomas are going to be my favorite. And once again, in this type of, of an event, you know, going down to those two guys makes it a lot more flexible to make your lineups. You'll be able to, if you if you start with Rose and Thomas instead of, let's say, uh, Rory, uh, Brooks and Rory. Now you're gonna if you start with Brooks and Rory, there's gonna be a whole slew of guys in that nine K, eight K range that you're not gonna be able to use that often if these two guys are your main picks up top. But if you start with Rose or Thomas, you can fill in a lot of these studs in the nine K range, in the eight K range, and still be cool with your lineup. So that's the way I'm going about it again this week, similar to what I did last week. Let's go to this nine K range, Tampa. Who you got? Yeah, to clarify the top a little bit, just because I know I mentioned everyone, it's it's not to be all over the map. I just want people to know that the, a couple factors. One is in something like the five, you know, in this case, this week's going to be eight eighty eight, and that's why I brought it up in the main event. A lot of people that are chucking a single bullet in there are definitely going to go with a balanced lineup, in my eyes, anyway. And and my thing with that is is yeah, they're going to have all these guys that we're about to get into, but I in a non cut event, I still think it's a better strategy to make sure I've got when I feel like one of the top dogs at the top here of these six dudes is going to win this week. I want to have them to start my lineup because I know the winner of the two hundred thousand dollars is going to have the winner in their lineup. So I, I'm going to make sure of that this week, and that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be sort of a little bit of hedge lifing with going with those guys in the big one and then some of the more unique ones in the other. But I do, I am still going to go probably more stars and scrubs this week when most are going to go balanced because we're going to get into those ranges. So in the 9K range, Kenny, just to clarify, so I'm not on a bunch of guys here. I only really like uh, Cantlay because he's been on fire himself. It's insane. Last week, I I believe he had the most birdies with 24, but he had nine bogeys and a triple. So at 9,800, you could start a lineup with him or you could pair him with one of the other guys and then skip that popular 8K range that we'll get into. So I do like Cantlay. I do like Reed because of what we talked about earlier. And then I was going to elaborate on it, but you know, it's sort of the same thing here. It's, it's his right to left shot, all these dog legs. He was on fire. He's been on fire for the last five events. Plus, you know, he's just got to win. And, and we don't always love a back-to-back winner. But in a spot like this at 9,600, he can be my second guy in. I can go Cantlay Reed to start a lineup or JT Reed and guys that have just been hot and can keep it going. And you're going to have a unique enough build and do it that way and still skip over some of those guys that we're about to get to. So um, those two, and then the only other one I'm even considering and I haven't really fully decided yet is Webb. It always still, you know, we talked about this last week. I like him. I like him in big events. He is sort of underrated in a sense. But I like Cantlay and Reed a lot more. I don't really have interest in Scott, and I don't really have interest in Fleetwood, regardless of price or the putter came out for Scott last week. That's fine by me. Ninety-two hundred, just a bit feels like a bit too much. I'd rather play Simpson if anything. There, uh, I'm going to play Clint Cantlay and Reed just like you. I like both. Uh, we've seen back-to-back winners in FedEx Cup champions, uh, FedEx Cup playoff events. Uh, before we've seen guys who win the first event and then just go ahead and uh, just go, you know, balls to the wall for the next two or three weeks playing well, maybe not winning, but like top five, top tens repeatedly. I can see Reed doing that. And again, once again, he needs that. He needs a win to make the the President's Cup guaranteed because it's still iffy uh, what Tiger's going to do when it comes to those captain's picks, especially with what happened to Patrick Reed last year. Uh, I do like Adam Scott. He, he's actually one of my favorite plays in this range. Finished third in Medina in 2016. I don't know how important that is, but he has familiarity with the course. Iron game's always good. Good from 200 plus. Good with long uh, par fours. So, you know, one of the best iron players out there. So I, I will go with Scott as well. Let's move on to this 8K range. Uh, one guy that I like, and people might not, I like Ricky Fowler. Uh, a lot this week on a course where you need to be accurate and length doesn't hurt. I mean, you know, this year he hasn't been as good as he has been with the ball striking off the tee and with his approaches. But, you know, he's been known as a guy who throughout his career who's lengthy enough and hits a lot more fairways than most of the guys with his length. And if he can get that back to where his game is supposed to be, and you got to realize last week in the Northern Trust, he is the first time he played golf since the Open Championship. So there, there could have been a little bit of rust involved with his missed cut. I'm not even going to think about that. So I'm playing Ricky Fowler uh, in GPPs this week. I really like Tony Finau. Once again, um, on a course where 
you know, he had a little bit of a lull in par five scoring late last year, early this year, but overall for his career and even recently, he's been very good at par fives, which should be good. And we've always talked about Tony being good at a less than driver course. Well, this is a long course that's sort of a less than driver course with plenty of par fives. It sort of screams Tony Finau for me. If I was going to have uh, another cash game cornerstone pick, Finau would probably be number two uh, after Justin Thomas this week. You know, the guy just is a birdie machine. I do like his game. I do like the way he's playing. Again, I'm going to go back to Billy Horschel. This is his time of year. Uh, I'm not going to get off of him. Like, you know, I'm just going to keep riding him. And I also like Brant Seneca. Well, you think of he's won twice at Torrey Pine South, which has been, you know, which is one of the longer courses we see on tour, even though he's not the longest guy out there. His short game, his putting has always been helpful. And he's good from long par fours. Uh, and he had a great performance last week. Again, riding that momentum, that FedEx Cup playoff momentum you know, week after week. Uh, it's very important and it, and it happens pretty often this time of year so i do like sneds who do you like in this range yeah i want to go back to reed for one second and actually just because i forgot to bring up this you know little tidbit sort of tambo's tidbits could be a bit or something but i I want to bring this up because i read this article on roto world and it's called the takeaway and they had the coolest little stat that i liked in there so three of seven three of seven wins for reed have come on national courses so with liberty national augusta national Trump National Doral, and then he, they said, let's reiterate, his, not forget about his performance at Hazeltine National at the 2016 Ryder Cup. I just thought that was kind of cool. It means nothing. It's all narrative and just pure interest from someone. You and I both look up stats all day long and little tidbits like that to, to see something. And I just thought that was funny about Reed. So anything with a national, definitely keep him in mind. As far as the 8K range goes, Kenny, you mentioned Fowler, who I do like. Um, I think it was like Feinberg or someone way back when talked about his bounce back ability. And even before this miscut, he'd had a miscut. He was T six before that. And then a miscut before that, where he'd bounce back. So, you know, he does have bounce back ability. He was knocking off the rust. He did have like a 67 in there between the two rounds and missed pretty much on the number. So, uh, I don't mind that. It feels really underpriced at 8,800. If I was sort of pivoting, it might be off of a guy like Usti, who seems to be picking up a little bit of steam already because he had a great week. His irons and everything were on. I know people were using him in showdown. It's really tough for me. I mean, Fowler, it's like Fowler wins all the time, but Usti's right there. And then right below is Shoffle, um, who I think is, again, way out of form, but it's sitting in a pretty good spot in the FedEx Cup. He's in seventh. I know that could give him a little bit of a buffer, and people will like him at Eastlake from his win before, but he, I think it's better to get him get on him now, especially in something like the $8 MME, where he seems underpriced at $8,600. Finau, I love who you mentioned. Casey and DeChambeau are interesting, but not really high on too many of the others, the Horschels, the Kuchers, the the Days. You know, the, there's too many little things here. There's, you know... The Shambo with the slow play talk. Maybe he's motivated. Maybe he's not. There's uh, he didn't look motivated on Sunday. Really, that you know, Kucher looks like might have a little bit of a, a back injury. He's really nimble, reaching into the hole, picking his ball out. So I'm not sure if there's something going on with him there. And his game, we talked about it last week. You know, he was trending in the wrong direction. I mentioned it four straight, and then he goes and misses the cut. Still has a, a firm grip on fourth place. So if it's, you know, even though it's a non-cut, if it's not working for him, he doesn't have to push himself here. He can just collect his money for whatever he gets and move on. So uh, not big on him. And then I kind of like your Snedeker call. The only other guy I really like in here a lot is Poulter down at the bottom. He, he's coming off a 10th and an 8th place. Really good last week with his irons and his tee to green. Didn't really have the putter working, but we know that's possible. And especially if it dries out a little bit here, and that can be a little bit to his advantage, not being the longest hitter. Uh, I've got a bet on him, which we'll get to later. But but for me, Poulter's the other guy at the bottom here that seems good at 8,000. Not sure on Woods because don't even know if he's going to play. He says he is. Maybe it was a big conspiracy theory with letting us all know about his back in advance so that if it didn't go well on day one, he could withdraw and then take a week off because you could tell he really didn't want to play all three. I probably have a little bit of him in the $8, but I wouldn't put him anywhere near a main lineup or anything big like the 888 for me. Who do you like uh, in the next range here? Let's talk about Bryson real quick. You know, with all the stuff going on with Bryson and, and all the, you know, the shit talk going about him. And, you know, it sort of reminds me of what happened to him last year around this time. I mean, if you remember right around the Bridgestone, um, the video came out of him throwing that temper tantrum um, at the, uh, at the, uh, 
Open Championship and also him not shaking the hand of that dude. All that stuff sort of happened within a kid, that big sit-down Mike Tirico interview uh, at the Bridgestone before it happened. And, you know, he started off really shitty, but, start you know, finished the Bridgestone pretty well, uh, played the PGA Championship. It wasn't his type of course, but then he went off and won two in a row uh, at the Northern Trust and Dell Championship. I've had a nice bounce back. I mean, that shows me that he has a little bit of mental fortitude. So maybe he can get this out of his mind and come back this week and perform. I mean, it's definitely going to be a crapshoot because we'll see, because this seems like a bigger deal than what happened last year um, because it's other players and stuff talking shit about him, not just, you know, the media and stuff like that. Uh, So, you know, we'll see how it goes with Bryson. I'm still undecided when it comes to him this week, but let's move on to the seven. 7K range. Um, up top, I do like Molinari at 7,800, just like um, Ricky Fowler. He hadn't played golf since the Open Championship. He had a month off. He played four rounds. Now, he didn't improve in those four rounds. It was definitely worrisome. But at $7,800, it seems too cheap for a caliber golfer like himself. So I'm going to have to use a, a little bit of him this week. Abraham Answer, I'm back on after a really good showing uh, last week. Guaranteed his spot on the President's Cup should make him a little bit looser, should make him, uh, you know, go out there and play well. We'll see. Hopefully, I do like Abraham because he played extra- exceptionally well uh, last week. Andrew Putnam, uh, again, another guy who played well last week. He's been actually trending. Uh, his form has been trending upwards for the last month or so, month plus. Uh, this guy's been playing some really, really good golf. And at $7,300, I'd like to jump on on him. HV3, another guy, last week played again. Like I said, it's not very you know, stat heavy for me this week. I'm going with a lot of motivation factor, you know, how the golfer will fit the course. I do think uh, Varner might struggle a little bit with these, uh, you know, when he, if he misses the rough or if he misses the fairway, but the way he played last week, you know, it, 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 it looked really good. Uh, and so we'll see if he can do that again when it comes up. Uh, who do you like in the 7K range, Tambo? Yeah, with me being top heavier, this is where I can only fit like, you know, five or six guys. So Woodland for sure. Um, another guy was shaking the rust off after the, you know, the twins and the birth and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, think about what we talk about with him with that stinger, the less than driver sort of longer setups like the U S open where he won this year. You know, for me, he's a, a fine play at 7,900 back to, you know, my strategy typically in general of long-term solid, you know, real dudes versus guys that are up and comers that we love. Of course, I love Abe Answer. Guy's solid. Loved what I saw from him last week. We've been, you know, sort of pumping his tires all season, but Molinari at 7,800 to me is ridiculous. Uh, you know, he just didn't play last week. It is what it is. So um, at 7,800 bucks, he's fine for me. It's sort of like the Casey thing up above at 8,400. You know, these are just class names that I'm going to play over the other guys around them. Leishman, another one of those. Molinari is also sitting 34th. He re- he literally has to get it done here. So uh, for a guy that we know can, I'm fine with it. And if it dries out a little bit, it'll remind me almost of like an open or something where that ball's just going to run out for him. And then it just comes down to is his, uh, is his approach and putter on, which, you know, normally the putter with him, but the approach is normally pretty dialed. And I'm expecting more from him this week. Uh, Leishman, I just talked about, always love him. At 7,500, I talk about when he goes up to like nine, he's sort of like my other Hideki, where once Hideki hits 11, I hate him. If Leishman's nine or nine, five, I don't want him. At 7,500, love him. Going down from there, it's actually M, who I like a little bit more than Varner. Varner got to shine. Love Varner. Had a great outing. Definitely still like M, though. M's irons are just so solid. It's really about the putter with him. Again, and, and he's got a good short game around the green. So if he's missing those greens for whatever reason, I think it's, you know, he keeps it in play. He can get it on the green. If he doesn't, he's got the short game to work it around there. Uh, and then Glover and Reavy, another two guys that I'm just going to play that are solid dudes that have, you know, put it in the fairway, have had good seasons. Glover, you know, Glover doesn't got a win yet, but Reavy does. And those guys are just pretty cheap for sort of the upside in a non-cut where they can stick with it. And if it's going to be a minus 13 or a minus 15 type week, the, the what is it, the head pro or the, the head coordinator says it's going to be 15 to 17. Even if it's 15 or, you know, in that range, I'm fine with those guys as good value plays. So not as many in this range for me, Kenny, but those are the guys that I like. I do like Reavy. And the one thing about him, he's uh, top 10 in both proximity from 200 plus and from 175 to 200 yards in the last 50 rounds. First in fairways gained uh, in the last 50 rounds. So I do like Reavy a bit in this range. Who you got in the 6K range there, Tambo? Name a few. So Keegan Bradley, right out of the gate. Um, 
you know, winner of the BMW championship last year, but that has nothing to do with this. It's just to point out, can catch the form at any time, non-cut event. We always love him because it doesn't matter if he goes and shoots, you know, first round leader and then buries himself the next day. He gets two more days to fight back and make value, especially when it's at 6,800. More than okay with that. Go back to the well with Emiliano Grillo. Uh, burned everybody last week, but honestly, it was, like he literally lost as many strokes putting as Spieth gained, I think. like it was He was on fire with irons and with tee to green and approach. He just had no putter whatsoever. Again, this time non-cut. This time, maybe that improves a little bit or comes back a little bit. He's never known to be a good putter, but that can help. Connors did not get a price bump. He was in that lineup. Uh, that brought me up to third to chop third place in the 555. So I'll definitely go back to him. He didn't make very many mistakes at all. He probably cost me with that bogey on 18, but a couple guys did it and they could have done a lot more. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Going down from there, Von Taylor, you know, don't expect much, but like a top 20, if he's the last guy to round out your lineup, is within the realm of possibility. He's got some sixth and some fourth places this year. Uh, you know, it's non cut. I'm not going to be too worried about that. Cam Champ. A solid week. People will forget, you know, that he was coming off of an injury. I don't know if he's going to get too popular. If he is, you can make some pivots there with someone like Keith Mitchell, even though it's not Bermuda. I, we've talked about that before. Not worried about it. A score, a killer with, with his name, Killer Keith. Don't mind him as a pivot there if Champ gets too popular, but I actually do like Champ to bounce back. He he fits the course as well. Uh, and stats-wise, he, he suits up for long par fives and that sort of thing. So with a good week coming off and he got his putter really going on Sunday, I do like Champ. And then one more is I'll give is Wyndham Clark. Again, might get really popular, but he's got the game. Saw it last week, fought his way in to get through the bubble to get to 68th. And with him, he's got a great scrambling game and he's a solid putter. So I don't mind that at all at 6,400 in a non-cut either. I named a lot, Kenny, but it's because I'm heavier stars and scrubs. Who do you got down in this range and who do you like the same as me and who didn't I mention that you do like? I mean, a few guys that I do like in this range, um, when it comes down to longer courses, Keith Mitchell... Uh, Sung Kang and Ryan Palmer are all in the top 20 in DraftKings points in their last 50 rounds on courses over 7,400 yards. Uh, so I'll go ahead and play Palmer, Kang, and, and um, Mitchell uh, in that range. Other guys, uh, I'll play I'll play Wyndham Clark, who's actually top five in strokes game putting on bent grass in the last 50 rounds. Uh, I'll also play Adam Hadwin a bit, who's ninth uh, in strokes game putting in the last 50 rounds on bent grass as well. Uh, anybody else we missed there, Tambo? No, you could – one more, I guess. I shouldn't say no, but you could try J.B. Holmes for the dead men. Uh, I know it's crazy. Obviously had a little bit of form showing at the open and then it completely disappeared in the last day, which it happens. You know, it was a, it's a bad day. But uh, he won the Genesis at Riviera, which is sort of a – not the, necessarily a comp, but it's – Think about that course. It does have some some similarities. So if you want to just plug him in for 6K, you know, in the, in the past, he's been a sneaky par 5 scorer. I'll have him in some of my $8 builds. I know that for sure. I don't think he'll make any of my mains. But at 6K, just to sneak in a bunch of dudes, wouldn't hurt to have him or have a couple of these guys from down here in your lineup. Oh, uh, yeah. One guy that I forgot to mention is probably um, Max Homa who's exceptional with his longer irons. He hasn't been playing that great, uh, but he's really good from 200-plus. He's actually first in the field in proximity from 200-plus yards in the last 50 rounds. I think he's like top 10 in uh, proximity from 200-plus and proximity from 175 to 200 in his last 12 rounds. Uh, so I might, And he's been pretty good on long par fours as well. So he could be somebody else yeah. near the He got his win on Quail Hollow too, which I believe is bent – like this and a, and a long course. So, you know, it yep. sort of sets up well in that sense as well. So I don't mind that call either. Yep. All right. So let's move on to the betting segment sponsored by DallasGolf.com. Use promo code D, capital D, capital G, capital E, capital N, the number 10. So DGEN10 without the first E, uh, all capitalized, to save 10% on all your purchases on DallasGolf.com. Literally, if you compare the prices from the major manufacturers – uh, like Dick Sporting Goods, Golf Galaxy, and then Dallas Golf. Their prices are very similar, almost the same. But you throw that ten percent discount in, you're going to be saving. You're going to be saving so much money. It's going to be the cheapest clubs that you can buy online, and there's no doubt about it. They got other great stuff like your cool. Uh, custom shaft builder where you plug in all the information about your game and it spits out what shaft goes best 
uh, with your game. Really, really great site. Really great value. If you want to save money, if you're looking to buy golf equipment, make sure to go to DallasGolf.com. Use promo code DGEN10, all capitalized, no first E, uh, and save yourself 10% when you buy. All right, so let's move to this betting segment. Tambo, who are your bets this week? I got three and a weird one. So I got Keegan Bradley, 160 with the each way. I got Lucas Glover, 140 with the each way. I got my boy Pultz at 55 to one with the each way, which was actually a bad number. I could have looked around. I think 65 was out there, but that's fine um, with the each way there. And I'll probably top 10 these guys as well, just because it is a shorter field. And I feel like they can get up there, but if they come seventh or eighth, I'll want to blow my head off. So I'll do that. And then our boy Victor Hovland is over on the the Corn Ferry Tour this week as like the massive favorite. He's like a, a 10 to 1 and the next is like 20 or 25. So I'm going to double up some guys with Hovland. Uh, I'm looking right now at some of the big dogs. I just can't decide on which two or three that I'll do, but at least Rory will be in there. Probably Rom and then maybe one more guy, but I'm going to mix them up with Hovland and just see about a double with that sense. All right, I got Justin Thomas at 16 to 1. Uh, Adam Scott at 25 to 1. Uh, Tony Finau at 40 to 1. And Snedeker at 66 to 1. I got one long shot. I'll put a little penny or two on HV3 at 125 to 1. But those first four are going to be my main bets for the week. All right, you're going to do a one and done pick this week? I am not. I dropped from 49th to 56. I used Sabatini. I decided between Sabatini and Adam Scott. And of course, I made the wrong pick. So uh, I'm, I'm down to 56th place. I still got a chance. Got to do well. I have my golfer already picked out for this week. Who do you got? I'm going to go just because I'm out. It doesn't even matter. But, I mean, I'm going to try for the read, run the table, Billy Horschel, Bryson-esque, you know, Camille-type run. So I'm going to go at Reed and just use him. I haven't used him this season, and he's obviously on fire right now. See how that works out. All right, sounds good. Tambo, tell them where they can find you. You mentioned it, mangupscorner.com. Promo code DGEN10. Want to make sure you head over there. Lots going on to round out the season. Football is going to be up and coming. Uh, you know, we paired up with Rick Rungood. He's going to do some stuff for us. It's going to be exciting. I, I think it's just a the big thing that you mentioned is the community. Everyone being together, being able to chat about different things, talk about different topics, have some fun in that sense. If you don't already follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo, hit me up there and then DM me if you have any questions. All right, before we go into my stuff, make sure you check out our sponsors, Draft.com, uh, GupsCorner.com, and DallasGolf.com. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you can find my article uh, for two more weeks, this week and next week, on PowerHourPod.com. Not sure what I'm doing after that, but this will be my last two weeks uh, with PowerHourPod slash Project Roto. All those guys have been great to me, and I'm going to miss them. Um, and that's going to be it for this week, guys. Let's win some motherfucking money, DGen Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced Sunrise Batch Coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.